motherfucker. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> but hey, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. We've got a great episode of the podcast for you guys to, for you guys today. We've got some great news coming up. I'm really excited about uh, some of the stories that we have for you. <laughs> this is going to be a this very gonna, fun episode. This will be, be a fun episode. Um, the, the headline story we have for you guys is obviously <laughs> the new Fast and the Furious 9 trailer is out. And we're going to go through that a little bit and dissect I have, that. I have so many thoughts. But uh, <laughs> before we do that, what have you got for us? Yeah. So, Chris, you know how I mentioned a while ago that I ordered new wheels for the 911? Yes. So is this the big reveal? Are we finally going to figure out the wheels? As well as a little sponsorship partnership here. First so, of all, what are the wheels? Tell us about the, the wheels. The wheels are a, it's called the Model C by this manufacturer, which I'm about to reveal. What's the, what does that mean? It's what is, a recreation of the classic Porsche Steely, but they're 100% custom made out of aluminum alloy. Like a single piece cast wheel? It, or? It's a two piece welded all aluminum wheel. Okay. So they look like a steely. They're all aluminum. They're stronger. They're lighter. And of course, you can make them in whatever width you want. So it's basically going to look like a widened steely, but with like a slight modern twist to it. And these are made by Hot Rods by Boyd. This is the legendary company started by Boyd Coddington in 1978. If you don't know who Boyd Coddington was, he was a, a legendary hot rod builder. And they are dedicated to building the finest wheels on the planet for a wide range of vehicles. All their wheels are 100% made to order, CNC machined right here in the USA. And as I said, they set up these Porsche alloy wheels for me. They're two-piece welded construction. Any finish your heart desired, I'm probably going to do a ceramic coated clear coat. Okay. really cool because then they basically will never get dirty. So is it clear coated and then they just put a ceramic coating on it? Just like a normal ceramic coating? Or I don't is this know like if some it's actually process? some sort of like ceramic powder coat. Okay. Well, that sounds cool. I look forward to when you get them. Are they? Uh, in a couple weeks, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So you can check out all, all their Porsche wheels at alloyreplicas.com. That's A-L-L-O-Y-R-E-P-L-E-C-A-S.com. Or take a look at their full offering. But you offering. should spell replicas right, because otherwise people aren't going to be able to get to the website. Everybody knows how to spell it. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, or you can take a look at all of their offerings at Hot Rods by Boyd.com. All right. Yeah, I did see these wheels. They did look pretty cool. I'm I'm uh, I'm curious to see how they look when they when I'm really bolted excited. up to the car because you know yeah. when you have a when you have a steel wheel it's very thin exactly like where it bolts to the hub but it looks like there's a little bit of meat there where exactly. it bolts to the hub yeah so it'll it'll look neat I think it'll be a good look for your car are you still doing the blue and blue nope. bumpers and all that's nope, going to be I just gone. ordered four hundred dollars worth of paint to paint my what do you bumpers. mean four hundred dollars worth of paint well it also included some paint for the C10 truck as okay. well so what kind of what do you mean paint are you going to do a paint booth and paint like a real paint uh, gun yeah well oh, you're gonna give it a try my dad and i have a real paint gun so my dad does so we're gonna do that right on well that'll be that'll be interesting i haven't done too much on my car other than cut things apart and weld more stuff together yeah it seems like it's fitting together well though everything is great the the front pan bolts in and i had to remember that one side on the left the frame rail that was all rusty yep i cut that out and okay. i took the piece that i cut off and i cut in angles so i only did straight angles so i figured right. it would be easier to cut and draw lines and do everything and was it it was it was okay. great so i cut it out and i took it over to the other frame rail i put it on there and i took a sharpie drew the line and i left a little bit of extra right because I figured I could grind it down or whatever to, to get yep. it to fit. Took it over, clamped it on, zzz, welded it on there. It looks great. Just like that? Just <laughs> like that. It's just, well, it actually it does, does look really I good. I had to go so slow. It took me 
probably about 30 minutes to weld it because I was like you're just sitting there stitch welding and then I would take the the wet rag I had and wipe off the weld and then because I put a wet rag on it and then the the weld would turn kind of black which means I couldn't weld on it anymore because it had like a some sort of slaggy nasty stuff from the rag yeah something from the rag was on there so then it wouldn't weld so then I had to get out the brush and like (laughs) scrub the the little weld down you know you can just use compressed air to cool down the weld too I can but it's not as fast yeah yeah the wet rag is something that was recommended to me by a bunch of different people Hmm. all right interesting I tried the blowgun but it didn't work as well I tried it when I was practicing but I have to say when it's actually on a car and it's not on the ground where I was welding before a lot easier. Um, I had some trouble with angles with, cause it was kind of jammed in that corner. So sure. angles with the welding. Yeah, and as wand. we know the, the angle of your tip actually is, a it's really, really important. You want to come in at like an angle and you want to kind of pull the weld towards you and push yep. it into the spot. If you're going straight down it, the, you have a chance because there's a there's a seam there. You have a chance of the wire just going, whoop, which goes. happened previously on that car, as we know, uh, from yeah, the porcupine ha- mess. Yeah, it was absolutely happened over and over and over and over again. All right. So let's get into our news. That railroad crossing out there is exactly a quarter mile away from here. It's on green, I'm going for Without you, my so, friend. We finally have a new Fast and the Furious 9 trailer. And right. you watched, I, I'd seen it a couple times, and we watched it while it. you were here. Right. What did you think? Okay, it's so, you, so here's bad. the thing. Here's the thing. You almost think it's going to be a good movie. Right. You know, it starts out with, uh, this is how it starts. You know, Vin Diesel's there. There's, a, there's an old house. It's like an old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, and... There's like there's the a, old rusty charger There's a charger outside. parked outside, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's going to be the throwback movie that we it, talked about. I was a future soothsayer. I knew it. Yeah. Like I, They stole the script right because, out of my mind. Yeah, he's talking to his son, yeah, and, and he's, he's like, yeah. I used to live my life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. But things changed. They changed, and he's like, I'm a dad now. And I'm yeah. like, yes, this is it. It's happening. And then John Cena. <laughs> And then, and John, then John Cena, Cena, who is apparently Dominic. <sighs> so he's the uh, the antagonist in the film is right. John Cena. And he's apparently Dominic Toretto's brother. And his name is Jacob. Right. Dominic Toretto. Yep. His brother is named Jacob. Right. Which is like the most white dude name. Saxon on that, <laughs> yeah. that brother, apparently. <laughs> which is brothers by what mother? I don't know. Because they don't look anything alike. John Cena is huge. Yeah. It's, it, Vin Diesel's not. Um, I don't even care about that. That's cool. Whatever. Like, that's fine. It's the, just. The reason is, I think, is because The Rock is not really allowed in the movie anymore because he doesn't. Him and Vin Diesel are like, they don't get along. Really? Because I think I think The Rock kind of started overshadowing. Are you, sure, are you sure you're not confusing the plot of the last three movies where they didn't get along? Well, it's exactly that. It's exactly that. But in real life, I think The Rock just became too big. And then they did the Hobbs and Shaw movie, yeah. which you said was terrible. Oh, my God. It was so terrible. So that granted. So, okay. they, so they did that movie without the rest of the cast. And I think everybody was kind of peeved about it. Yeah, it wasn't great. So um, also at the end of the movie, I mean, they, they do all kinds of crazy crap throughout this whole movie, right? I mean, there's it's it's almost like Sharknado level <laughs> of stupidity. It's let me give so let me bad. just let me give you just an example. Damn, they got a magnet plane. Hold on. So <laughs> there's a scene in the trailer where the car flies off the cliff uh-huh. and a plane sticks a magnet out of the Flown bottom of it. by Charlie's Theron. Yeah, I mean, you, yes, obviously You're the hottest pilot of all time. Obviously magnets the plane and they fly away. And then the, it's just it's 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 
it's disappointing it because is. there's now, so much potential here and there's we all have this rich not I wouldn't say rich but we all have this like tie to these characters over the last you know 20 years or however long these movies have been going on for and to see it just turned into just this absolute disaster so it's so ridiculous every movie seems to try to outdo or overtop the last one's level of ridiculousness right right so here's it's almost like mission impossible in a way where mission they just impossible is where still they, somewhat i don't know yeah. it exists in some universe maybe this is just so outlandish and everyone tries to top the last one which got me thinking was there ever a really a good fast and the furious movie the first one was good i enjoyed it it I, was beg to differ i think it was a good movie it was a car movie it was something we could all relate with in terms of good as in is it american beauty that won an oscar no no but, but i don't even think it was realistic it was still ridiculous as a movie and they just kept what was getting ridiculous? more what was ridiculous, ridiculous about the first one how about a wheelie burnout in a charger and then the car flies over the other one and oh did you know when you use nas chris that your diamond plate floor actually it, in it, terms of technical accuracy it's a little bit ridiculous in terms of car stuff but as a movie it's not they're not flying stealth fighters with magnets in that true. movie okay the work these guys are just stealing dvd players okay true. so i mean it's, it's, yeah that was cool it's but way the more grounded movie even they were like jumping cars between buildings in dubai but it was still car oriented in a way. Now it's just become all of a sudden there's trains of bulletproof vehicles driving through towns with Gatling guns on top of them. It's, it's my my buddy summed it up really well. He goes, you know, it used to be that these guys were just street racers. Now somehow they're for a blown international mercenaries. Yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely so at, at the end of the at the end of the trailer you see somebody come back, <laughs> yeah. which is Han. <laughs> yes. Now Han is from uh, I think he was in Tokyo Drift. Yep, that's where and we first he met was him. driving in uh, an RX seven F D. Yes, it and was the Veil side modified yeah. FDR. Cool car. Yellow with very you know, cool wide body. Um, so Jason, Jason Statham basically watches Han blow up at the end of the movie. Right. Han gets crushed by a W140S class. That's Just right. It was a Mercedes. Crazy. And uh, all of a sudden he's back. Surprise, motherfucker. And he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't understand. <laughs> he's, he's, he explodes in a fiery ball in this car and then uh -huh. he's back. So I don't know what's going on with that, why they needed to do that, what the point know. of it it's is. It's so dumb. We shouldn't be surprised by but how dumb it is. Let me reiterate what I think the movie should be. Yes. Okay. So in the first one, Jesse, kind of the kid, right? Jesse yeah. is the kid. He's got the white Mark III. Yep. And, with the, and he basically says he's going to go race for pinks mm -hmm. with, uh, I think it's uh, Tran. Johnny Tran. Sure. The yeah. Guy, the guy that pumps all the motor oil into the guy's yeah. mouth because he yeah. can't. Yeah. What do you think? Because you he can't 40 get, weight? He can't get the, the motors overnighted from Japan fast enough. Right. So he fills his. Because a couple of SRT D20s would pull a premium two weeks before race wars. Exactly. So he theoretically sold it. Anyway, so this guy's a bad dude. He's the guy stealing uh, stealing DVDs and VC, VCRs, right? I mean, he's got this. Is he the one? Or no, the, he's not. What is he, he was wrongfully convicted of that. Oh, that's right. It was Dominic Toretto that was right. stealing. But he was VC like some sort of like it was part of some asian mob yeah he was basically uh the triads yeah right so he was just some rich kid that wanted to use his guns to get engines and whatever so he's a right. he's a bad dude so when just says he's gonna race him for pinks yeah and he doesn't realize that the dude's s2000's got nitrous and like all kinds of crazy mods and he's got right. more money into that car than god right. and he goes out and he races him and the famous line is too soon junior too soon junior and he 
because he, uh, he hit the nitrous, he hit the too, nitrous too, too soon. So he loses, and then what does he do at the end of the race? He doesn't give up his car. Yeah, he just he keeps drives driving. Away, keeps driving away. And eventually the, he gets murdered, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what sets the... Dominic off. He grabs his dad's charger that he's so scared of, right? It's yep. this imposing figure that he goes and he gets in it and he becomes a different person. When I think that's where he became a little more evil is when he sure. got into that car and became more of a uh, a malevolent character. But so anyway, he's. I do. We. I don't think we see him die. Is is my kind of my segue to this? We see Han die. His car oh. blows up. He's on fire. It's no, a no, no, we see Jesse die. He's sitting on the side of the. He's sitting on the sidewalk. Side yeah, but maybe he's passed out from shock. Right, he got shot. So maybe an ambulance comes. Maybe we go and we see the scene where the paramedics okay. come and they bring so, him. Okay, and then basically he goes into the witness protection program. Oh, okay. for however long this has been, right? So he he's in the witness protection program. He doesn't do anything with cars anymore. Um, this is completely off the cuff, by the way. I have I do not have this plan. Okay, so, so anyways, Jesse comes back. Jesse comes back. He's in the witness protection program now. He maybe he went after the triads and got a bunch of those guys arrested. So now he lives in like I don't know. Portland. Okay? okay, so he's he's out of California, lives in Portland. <laughs> he rides a bike. He rides a bike, but guess what? Somebody finds him and says, "Hey, we need to start street racing again." But he can't get him into. He's like, "No, guys, no. That that part of my life is gone." But there's got to be some reason to do it. Maybe okay. maybe it's like in Gone in sixty seconds where uh, um, the his, kid brother the kid brother gets himself in trouble. Maybe his son gets into street racing, and it's the oh, same type like of thing yeah. where he he says he's going to race for Pinks, and he's got a week to get the car ready. Yeah, and then he calls up Dominic, says, "Hey, man, we need a car." And Dominic goes, "I've got this Charger," and then they go and they rebuild the Charger <laughs> in his garage, and then Jesse's son goes and races the descendant of Tran from the Triads to go. I mean, it could be this dark like I, yeah, throwback okay. film that could be really really good. This is all completely off the cuff. I, maybe I, I thought should. before we said it was Dominic's son that Whatever. needed to revenge his dad's death or something. Whatever, but, but I, it has to be really dark and gritty and not this ridiculous pop movie action for the sake of action right. craziness. I think of it in terms of how Rocky came back with uh, Will Balboa and then they had the Creed movies and yeah. stuff like that. And it was kind of, you know, Stallone was kind of worn down, but he was this figure that had experience and he was trying right. to pass it on to the kid that wouldn't listen and did his own thing and then almost died doing it. I mean, there's there's only a certain way. There's different stories you can tell. You have hero stories. You have vengeance stories. You have love stories. There's only a certain amount of stories that you can tell. I don't remember all Which of is why none of the Fast and the Furious movies have a story. They're terrible. Yeah. So I think there's room to make. And I bet, mark my words, this movie will be made. The version I'm talking about will be made. After this franchise dies, yep. okay, it'll probably be another 10 years. Yes. Who knows? This movie will be made. It'll be a reboot, because right now we're not at a reboot. No. We're still we're booting. Just, <laughs> well, we're milking this thing to death. Exactly. We're, we're on operating system. They start out with Windows 95, and they just keep piling more and more on top <laughs> of it, and we never get to Windows 10. It's... It's yeah. sad to see the franchise do this. It's it's entertaining in the way of like, oh my God, that's so ridiculous. And you kind of just expect it to be insane. Right. And you kind of like it for that reason. But I'd still, as as a guy that kind of grew up with the franchise and saw the movie when I was really young, I I want to see more. I want I feel like there's room for more. And I feel like they're really missing out. Maybe it wouldn't make as much money. Does Vin Diesel need more money? Does Universal? <laughs> that was my question to you off air. I was like, do you think any of these actors think these are good movies? Or are they just like, another paycheck, baby? They don't care. Yeah. They think it's fun. 
I'm I'm thinking that these are fun action movies is Probably. the way that they're pictured. Yeah. Um, whereas Sharknado is seen as a ruse. It's kind of like a just That's ridiculous. Satire of itself. Yeah, but I think that we're almost getting to that point now I know. where we're jumping cars off cliffs with and shooting wires out of them to the other cliffs. We can swing like we're Tarzan <laughs> in a car. To, I just why why yeah. does it have to be that way? I know. All right, so I've got we finally have news yeah. on the new Hummer. Yeah. And if you see the commercial, they're stupid. Yes, they are. They're really, really dumb. It starts out with a bunch of horses stampeding. It says, this is what a thousand horsepower sounds like, right? Yep. And then it goes, it's completely silent. And it says, this is a quiet revolution. And it says, zero to 60 will sound like this. And it's, you know, all this noisy stuff. And 11,500 pound feet of torque will sound like this. And then it's a quiet revolution is coming. And I don't, what is what does that mean? What is a why? What does a truck have to do with a quiet revolution? Why are they trying to say, "Hey, this truck isn't loud anymore like it used to be"? Because it used to be this loud thing, not in terms of noise. No, it was but in terms of psychologically loud. Yes. Right? Is that what they're getting at? Because I don't. Maybe I don't understand what don't quiet has to do with anything. Nobody goes. Unless you're going to buy a Lincoln or a Cadillac or something. Right. Nobody's like, oh, I really want a quiet car. Right. No, it's it's something that isn't really first on anybody's priority list, especially when it comes to a Hummer or a truck. Right. Which I thought they sold the Hummer rights to some Indian company or something. I'm sure they could have bought it back. Yeah. I mean, this is GM we're talking about here. So this we're, we're certain that it's actually a truck. We're now, when sure. you say truck, are you saying it's going to have a bed? We don't know. Well, yes, it should have a bed. That's the only reason I'm saying truck is we think it's going to have a bed. Okay, I didn't um, know that. A thousand horsepower. Right. Zero to 60 in three seconds. That's quick. With 11,500 pound feet of torque. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm thinking that this torque situation is, are we... Are we measuring off the transmission at this point? Are we right? You know, are we using the total output? Because the 2020 Duramax makes only 910 uh, foot pounds of torque, but after you use the torque converter, first gear, and final drive ratios, it makes 35,000 pound feet of torque at the rear wheels. So, what are I mean? Are we doing something different with these electric vehicles that we can't just say? Well, it's a good point because these things probably they don't have a transmission. They probably. Do. I'm thinking the think trucks they do. do. They probably have some sort of high um, low. No, high you wouldn't low. need a high low. Mm. I wonder if they even have any sort of differential. Generally, no. But when you when you have like a Model Three or something, you're not towing anything. But right. to get eleven thousand five hundred pound feet of torque, you definitely are probably having some sort of drive reduction right. or some sort of. In which case, you're right. They probably are calculating all of that in, which is ridiculous. It's dumb. It's because to have think about having a thousand horsepower and then having a thousand percent more torque than the horsepower rate. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense. No, it has, doesn't. I'm sorry, ten times the the number. Yeah, it's it a does. thousand percent. You were right. So what are we doing? The the numbers are becoming unequatable. We can't basically compare this to anything else because we're throwing out this eleven thousand five hundred pound feet of torque number that doesn't really make any sense. No. I mean that 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 is completely unnecessary. You wouldn't even need that much torque. No. There's no reason to even have that much torque. Uh, I mean, maybe you need to like move your house or something and you can't get a trailer, so you can just tow it, just drag it. I don't know. So we don't actually know what the towing capacity of this thing is that has not been released. Um, I was thinking about how you dyno things. So when you dyno something and you put your car on the dyno, right. they do it in third gear because that's closest to one-to-one, but yep. they also do measurements if they know what they're doing. They'll mm-hmm. look at your your final drive. Oh, yeah, they factor all they that factor in. The, that's how they factor torque because right. you can measure horsepower, but you can't really measure the, the torque. Opposite. You measure torque, you Not calculate on a dyno. horsepower. Not on a, I'm pretty sure on a it's dyno you measure horsepower. Torque. 
Is it measure torque? Yes. Okay. Because so horsepower is actually just a calculation based on torque. Okay. So either way, you still have to put the numbers in of the the wheel size. If you're right. doing it right, you do the wheel size, tire diameter, and to get everything right, so you can measure the measure the engine properly. Right. Otherwise, you're just measuring the gear Total reduction yeah. of of the because in first gear you're gonna have thirty thousand horsepower or thirty thousand right. torques. It doesn't make any sense. So I don't really know what that number is. I wish we could get away from that. But anyway, I'm excited for you to own one of these. Are you going <laughs> to buy one? I don't know. I, I wonder what they're going to cost. They're probably really expensive. I'm sure they're very expensive. I'm sure at some point I might look at one. All right. So next, um, there is a billionaire who is going to save Aston Martin. Now, I didn't know okay. Aston Martin was in trouble in needing of saving. I but, didn't either. Um, Geely was trying to buy it. And there's the they're the Chinese car trash company that okay they're just chinese, chinese. car trash and company like the car all company things, and trash company things. they were going to save it but they lost out in bidding to none other than f1 driver lance stroll's dad lawrence stroll um he made his money with tommy hilfiger among oh, other really fashion brands he's he's a huge ferrari fan owns an f1 team which is why his son drives for the f1 team of course because he basically bought an F1 team so his For kid his could son. drive. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, from the Financial Times, Aston Martin will now raise 500 million pounds in a rescue deal led by Canadian Formula One billionaire Lawrence Stroll as the luxury car maker attempts to draw a line under a period marked by a, a calamitous initial public offering. A consortium led by Mr. Stroll will inject 182 million pounds for a stake of 16.7% in the company at a price of four pounds per share. Well, Aston will raise a further 318 million pounds via rights, blah, blah, blah. So they're saving. All right. So their, okay. their shares surged 30% in uh, recent trading. Wow. So Stroll's presence will help steer the company towards its aim of becoming a luxury goods company. Uh, Andy Palmer said it's going to be he's Wait. the chief, chief executive officer. Andy Palmer said it's okay. going to change the dialogue in the boardroom. The dialogue will change from automotive to luxury and they're going to be a luxury goods company. So does that mean we're not making cars anymore? As part of the rescue company will the company will delay investments into a suite of EV. Okay. Which has been expected from 2022 until after 2025 and has pushed back the release of its Ferrari rival supercar until 2022. Uh -huh. the investment will instead go to a V6 hybrid engine, which the company has said will be manufactured in the UK and help reduce its CO2 output. At present, Aston uses V8 and V12 engines. Right. Um, so this is just another manufacturer abandoning EV. Good point. You're right. So they're not researching EV anymore. They're going to research hybrids. And I think I read somewhere that they're going to make a um, they're going to make an F1 a run at an F1 team, an Aston Martin F1 team. That'd be cool. Which would be great. Just I just a, don't understand why you're calling it a luxury goods company. That's Does that what mean they, they're going to sell. They, like, don't you remember Ferrari did this too? Yeah. Ferrari sells like more shirts and bags and crap right. than they do cars. I mean, that's a hugely profitable business. It's that's dumb. It's extremely dumb. But as we'll find out later. Um, we might be at peak car anyway. So these are what this is what these companies are seeing that they have to do something other wow. than just sell cars. So another vehicle we all hate to love is coming back. We all take hate this one to love. Yeah. So according to Haggerty, DMC, that's DeLorean Motor Company, has had plans for new DMC 12 since 2016. DeLorean DMC 12 is back, and a new generation could arrive as early as next year. The iconic car's rebirth is created due to the low-volume motor vehicle manufacturers act announced in 2015. What? What's the LVM? So I had to look into this. Is it, the, can we call it the LVMVMA? <laughs> Yeah, so this is basically an act that was passed through in 2015 that allows manufacturers to sidestep 
regulations for like safety and EPA ratings. Okay, so they can basically go, hey, we're going to make a, a new DeLorean. It's going to be exactly like the old one. Right. Completely so, unsafe with a terrible engine. This is the, the bottom line. Is it's, it's basically a replica of that old car. So we're not seeing a new idealized, no. newly designed. That no. would be kind of exciting. Yeah, so this whole uh, low-volume motor vehicle thing was actually pushed by SEMA in 2015 or something to, okay. to get through so that companies could do this and start making remaking old versions of their cars. Now, the law says you have you can only make up to 325 of them a year. So why did... Okay, so when uh, Porsche came out with the Project Gold, do you remember that? Yes. Ray Schaefer talked about it. Yeah. yeah the Gold 993 was all made from all old parts. Right. Right? They took everything off the shelf, built the car. Yes. Really cool exercise for Porsche and Porsche Classic. Why couldn't they give it a VIN number then under this they, low motor vehicle? So name? here's what's interesting. I didn't write any of this down here, but apparently SEMA was pushing for this and they went into effects and they're like, all right, cool. Yes, this is now a law. But the NHTSEA, the National Highway Traffic Safety, whatever, never gave, I guess, regulations or, okay, in order to meet this now, here's what you have to do. So they said, yes, we're going to do this, but they never gave the rule book. Okay. So SEMA, do we have a rule book yet? No. SEMA sued the NHSTA this last year, I believe, <sighs> saying, look, we want to do this, so we need to sue you because you haven't given us any rules. They're busy, dude. Haven't well, you watched the news in the last exactly. like, year? They're the, really, really busy doing important things. Well, that being said, they are trying to figure out what the hell they're doing with EV and autonomous cars. So this right. is super low on their list. Why? If so, The rule would be, to me would be pretty simple. Just make it as Just it was make before. It the, as it was before. That's that's <laughs> exactly. If you want to upgrade the drivetrain, fine. But everything else, the frame, everything else has to be remain the same. But if you want to make it more economically friendly, we'll be okay with that. I don't know. What's yeah. the problem? I don't what's, know. What's the problem so when here? They're saying when DMC is Why saying, do they have to complicate everything so much? This is well, you have to wait. It's been five years and they don't have the the rule book for us to be allowed to right. make a DeLorean, which is stupidly yeah, slow. Why is this the car you want to bring back, first of all? <laughs> why? Just give us oh the rules. Goodness. Idiots. Is that it? That's basically Sorry, did it. I ruin your story? <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, there's not much to the story. All right, so Bosch believes we may have reached peak car. So okay. um, Robert Bosch uh, said on Wednesday that they're, they're cutting a bunch of jobs. They've seen a 44% drop in full-year operating profit and a downturn in demand for cars. Wow. 40% four percent drop um this is some stats so i'm going to read some of this global automotive production is expected to fall for the third consecutive year by 2.6 percent to 89 million vehicles in 2020 following a drop in demand in china europe and the u.s he uh bosch ceo volkar denner has said quote volkart volkart it could be it could well be that we have passed the peak of automotive production he also said he assumed the low level would remain constant and did not expect an increase in global automotive production before 2025, while the market would shrink by 10 million units in 2020 wow. compared with 2017. So they got 10 million less cars. So, so, we're, so your whole point about car manufacturing was they're going to be so much more simple and we're not going to need all these components. This is a totally different factor. They're saying we simply aren't making any more cars regardless of how complicated they right. are or not. That's true. And also to, to that point, he says 10 workers are needed to make a diesel injection system, okay. three for a gasoline system, and one to produce an electric motor. Wow. So that's just how much less... Uh, manpower is needed to do this type of stuff. Is that why you decided to rep Bosch today with your oh, Bosch hat? I do have hat? my Bosch hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Bosch is also going to start production of their long-range LiDAR. 
which is, you know, that's autonomous type of things. They're right. trying to just, um, they need to shift gears, need to shift gears. Uh, they're going to be doing hydro, doing a hydrogen fuel cells in 2022, which we learned do not explode. Like they did not explode. I knew they didn't explode. You wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> um, so is this because new cars are reliable or because people can't afford new cars? Oh, good point. Both. I think it could be a little bit of both. New cars are $34,000 Also, I think it's because we're all mobility providers now, Chris. No, I don't think we're there yet. No? I don't think in the last few years, I don't think everybody's all of a sudden taking Ubers and doing everything like that. I think that people are holding on to their cars longer. Yeah. I think cars are generally more reliable than they used to be. Right. You don't have to... People aren't getting as frustrated with their car. They don't want to trade it in. They don't want to get rid right. of it. And they're just keeping them. Um, but that said, I think the late 90s was kind of the best period of time for cars. You had electronic fuel injection, was okay. reliable. You had OBD2, so you could scan, find out what was wrong with the cars. Right. You had coil-on-plug ignition, ABS, traction control. There was no, it wasn't like vacuum lines all over the place, <laughs> unless it was a, a Mercedes. A Mercedes <laughs> or a, a, a Porsche was also still yeah, hideously. Audi too. A lot of the Germans just really liked their vacuum control systems. I think it was because they were pretty reliable because it's considered a solid state option. Have I ever told you the story where we were trying to put like a boost gauge or something in my buddy's URS4, the original S4, the five cylinder yeah. 20 valve? Yeah. And I, we needed to tap a line for the uh, lights, right? Yeah. And so I'm I find a big red wire. I was like, oh, okay, let me get the multimeter in there and I stick it in and I hear pss. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, this isn't an electrical wire at all. It's a stupid vacuum line no. that goes in the interior. Yeah. So but they also have a uh, easy to remove door panels. The engine bays aren't filled with stuff. You can still get to everything. You're talking 90s cars. Yes. Yeah. I still think that's kind of the perfect reliable That's the Goldilocks car. zone. It's the Goldilocks zone. Yeah, sure. there you go. Uh, best miles per mile back then, too. There you yeah. go. What did what did uh, oh, Hyundai yeah, guy say? Yeah, Hyundai Heartbeats guy. per minute. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. right on right on par with kind of what we're talking about. All right. So, so Chris, <laughs> I have a story. What makes endurance racing better? Uh, crashes. Wrong. Um, Kangaroos. <laughs> Kangaroos, Chris. Uh, can you think of anything that kangaroos don't make better? I don't know because they can box too, and that looks great. I mean, you could. I mean, kangaroos would almost be in every commercial for any product ever. Basically, this race just concluded in Bathurst, and it's the Bathurst twelve-hour race. Well, I've heard of it, but I don't really yeah, know. So we, uh, as Americans, don't get any good racing apparently. Because no. this is a badass. Well, oh, race. come on, we get Daytona twenty four. We get yeah, that's I mean, okay. That's, that's but we should cool. get this race, okay? Because apparently on Sunday it was no Sunday. It was when it just ended this morning. Okay. On Friday it was qualifying. Okay. And the track was invaded by kangaroos. <laughs> what do you define invaded by kangaroos? Well, it turns out this is a really common occurrence at this Bathurst track. So while all the racing is going on, like in the heat of it, kangaroos just hop onto the track and of course cause chaos. Can't we just build a taller fence? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, there were tall fences, so I don't understand that yeah, either. They can jump, though. I mean, True. kangaroos can jump pretty high. <laughs> but I'm just saying, why can't we just build so a taller fence? So here's what fence? they actually tried to do in the last few years is they hired all these hunters and snipers, as they put it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, they were literally sniping out no. kangaroos during racing. So Could they you imagine being a little kangaroo track? in the pouch with your little head sticking out, like <laughs> jumping around next to the car? I was like, hey, mom, 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 no, this sounds well, awful. Well, as the media put it, it's better than getting smacked by a race car doing 150 because there's video of this happening. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, it's violent.
land. It, it, it is bad. So why are these kangaroos hopping onto the track? Well, I think they're interested. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. They're not big race fans as you, I guess, thought. No. So I don't know if you heard this, but there's a big fire on the continent oh, that's right. of Australia. So they're, they're getting pushed. And b- before that, there was drought that, of course, led to these fires. And basically what that did is that cut off all of their uh, A, habitat and B, food source, which is like grass. Right. When you look at racing anywhere in the world on TV, what do you notice about the tracks and the layout and all the circuit? I don't know. How Amongst other things, the lawns on the infield and stuff look very meticulously maintained. Yeah, sure. So all these kangaroos are coming in and they're like, delicious food, mate. Buffet. Look at all this food, mate. It's a buffet. Just mind these uh, DTM cars going around here, mate. And they <laughs> hopped on in and get absolutely smacked. <laughs> yeah, that's... The track bad. itself sounds really cool, though. It's Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that the kangaroo or the race car? I don't know. It could be either one. The track sounds really cool, though. Yeah, it's it's not, like nestled into I don't know anything mountain. about it. What's the story with this track? I, I don't know either. I want to Because you hear it all the time. You hear about Bathurst, and it sounds like it's... Everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah, badass. So the circuit itself is called Mount Panorama, which I guess... Okay. I don't know. And so supposedly it's like carved into a mountain, and there's all these twists, and there's a huge straight. It's like the fastest straight in this circuit or this class, whatever okay. it is. And it's called the Conrad well, Straight. <laughs> the Conrad straight on Buster will be happy straight, to hear that. Yes. Are you telling me that this track could be faster than Brainerd? Because I don't know. We've got this. We got this. If you guys haven't heard of Brainerd International Raceway I, I up here in Minnesota, probably faster than yeah. that. Yeah. So, well, good luck to the kangaroos. I don't. I feel bad that they have to get shot because people want to race cars. Hit. I know it's kind it's of kind of sad. Just build a taller fence. I think would probably be a better solution than shooting. <laughs> I just like the idea that they just like spectating. And they just want to be a part of it, as you said. I guess. So um, a little bit of bring a trailer. Uh, I like always like when something is crazy on bring a trailer, kind of talking about it a little bit. Okay. A 24,000 mile Datsun just sold for, what do you think? Uh, do I get any more information? What That's year it. is this thing? It's a 24, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A 280? It's a 240Z. Oh, okay. It's, 240Z yep. with only 24,000 miles. It's green. Like, okay, so it's like mint condition. It's absolutely perfect. I don't know, like 30 grand would be outrageous. $310,000. What? <laughs> For, Why? I, I just do not know. I, I still think that there's room in the, in the Japanese nostalgic cars area, historic Japanese right. stuff. There's still room for things to come up a little bit. But man, that's a little too high, Chris. I somebody's got way too much money, and their favorite color is clearly green. I just don't understand wow. why this thing would go for that much money. So, just an update on the wild bring a trailer situation. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, emoji uh, vanity license plates <laughs> could soon come to Vermont. Yeah. So, this is a really, uh, I guess, quick story. There's a Democratic representative in Vermont that basically put this legislator to their state house of representatives and said, hey, you guys, let's add emojis to license plates. Why? Well, why, why else? I'm sure because it would people would pay for them. Which ones could would you do? Would you do the poop so emoji? Can you have the saying, poop one? Can I don't you know. Have... They're saying it's going to be limited to six emojis if this passes. So, so it's so not the... it, This isn't actually a law yet. Vomit emojis out. Probably. Poop emoji is out. Probably. Um, what, what about what about the uh, the eggplant emoji? The eggplant emoji. <laughs> yeah, let's get the eggplant, eggplant emoji going on the beach. I, what are we doing here? It's really dumb. This Ver- is this is on, too Vermont. dumb for me, Chris. And even my vanity plates. 
I could see you doing this. Nah. No, this isn't for you. It's like, not Smiley Face RS4. <laughs> no, it's not Smiley Face RS4. All but right. anyways, that's dumb. And I really hope that doesn't pass. But if it is, you know other states will probably be jumping on board. Well, because they, they can charge money for it. Exactly. It's a special plate that they can exactly. charge money for. That's probably the goal here. Oh, I'm is sure. Is to collect more money. And of course it is. Just siphon more money out of the populace to do stupid stuff. All right. Rivian. Is going to be cheaper than we thought. So what did we initially think? The I think they were going to be like $100,000. I think okay. they were They were really expensive. Are um, we seeing these for sale yet? When do they come into market? Uh, they should be later this year. Okay. Uh, they're, the uh, founder and chief uh, executive officer said they're going to be um, $69,000 offered 300 miles of charge. And uh, they have another SUV that's coming out later. That'll be $72,000. Um, they're going to start being delivered by the end of the year. And they decide they declined to say, unlike Tesla, they have uh -huh. declined to say how many people put a deposit down because they also have a thousand dollar deposit. And I don't know why they're not telling anybody. Why not just say? Why mm. not just say, hey, we've got this many? Maybe because there weren't that many people interested. That's what I. You would think if they had a gajillion people interested, yeah, they would just say, hey, we've got a gajillion people interested. Right. But this seems like, yeah, we're just not going to tell you. He. It just doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> so I just wanted to go through the pricing of some other trucks just to kind of give a perspective. If this thing is 70 grand, yeah. um, a fully built GMC 2500, which is, a, what is that, a half-ton truck, right? Yeah. That's 59000 And you that's have, probably base price, right? Base. Well, no, that's fully loaded. Oh, that's fully loaded. Um, okay. At 3500 fully loaded is $70,000. So you're kind wow. of right there. Um, a Ram with a 48-volt assist, which I didn't know existed, but they have a 48-volt yes. assist on the on the Ram trucks. Which I think it's actually belt-driven. It's basically like your alternator. Yeah. that's Well, that's what um, Mercedes was doing, too, but they were I think they were using the starter motor, okay. I believe, right? I, I think. Yeah. Um, those are uh, uh, $70,000. Uh -huh. A Silverado High Country is sixty-seven. dollars uh, The High Country. The High Country. And the Ford F-150 maxed out uh, is seventy-four. dollars thousand dollars so depending on what kind of spec these rivians are going to come in at i think that they're all going to be fully loaded spec to start i think that okay. they're all going to be it's the first one that they're doing i think you're going to have kind of maybe a few different options but i think they're all going to be very very nice well that's competitive pricing though. it is it is somewhat competitive pricing it's just i don't think anybody's taking any of these to the job site and if you are you're probably the guy that owns the contracting company and if you right. are driving one of those to the contract company you are an a-hole oh for sure you're guys that are driving rusted f-150s from 1997 yeah you you're know, uh, you need to pay your carpenters more if you're driving a rivian to uh to the roofing project your electricians might have been loose in your lug nuts over lunch as <laughs> happened to a, a friend i once knew no kidding yeah the union guys were on strike and upset with them yeah they loosened his lug was nuts. he a superintendent I forget his position, but he was obviously in opposition to them. Yeah. And they were pissed and loosened his lug nuts. And on the way home, he went over some railroad tracks and boom. Oh, no ways. Wheel actually fell. Yep. <laughs> Usually I've, I've forgotten to, have you ever forgotten to tighten lug nuts yes. and go for a drive? And then, and then you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> and you turn a little bit and it goes away. You're like, oh, my God, you get away. You get yeah. out and it's just the wheels all janky. All right. Before we get into our next one, what have you got for us? Yeah. You guys got to remember to subscribe to the show. If you're just listening to us for the first time, there's a subscribe button. You yeah. can get more of this it's, twice it's a week. In twice fact. a week. Also, if you want more than that, head over to patreon.com slash overcrest for as little as $5 a month, which is less than I spent on coffee this morning. You can get exclusive content and support more. the show. If you want, there's more. I've got a few shirts to send out. I've got a few prints to send out. I'm really excited that you guys are interested. We're working on some other uh, kind of cool merchandise. Yeah, as well. I got some cool stuff that I'm 
that I'm working on that's going to hopefully go into a petrol box and yeah. hopefully be available for you guys. And we're going to do a limited edition version of it only, which will be for Patreon members only, which will be really, really, really cool. Um, so also, I want to remind everybody to leave a five-star review for us as well. That really helps. Uh, we got a one-star review the other day, and all it says is <laughs> worthless. And then in the description totally worthless yeah so that was that was nice i feel like we're not totally worthless so hey let's wipe that guy off the page let's get rid of him go and leave us a five-star review we have almost exclusively five-star reviews so we like to keep that keep that going okay so um jaguar does not want to be bmw okay or in this case i'm guessing it's probably lexus as well um the, so the new director julian thompson says the british manufacturer doesn't want to um does not want to basically follow the lead on what BMW is doing with their design. Which is what? The huge front grills. <laughs> okay. So while recently speaking with Carthrall at the launch of the 22, uh, 2020 Jaguar F-Type, he said, some car manufacturers have started to design new vehicles to cater towards the tastes of buyers in China. And doing so isn't a smart move. Didn't I say this? Didn't I say it was China's fault that all these cars look stupid now? Yeah. I said it. So it's been now confirmed by, by Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> so I want you to read read this in a, in a pious British accent, these next couple quotes here. Ooh, I can do that. Let yeah. me find them. Where are they? I was looking at something else because I have something to add to this story as well. Okay. China's a first generation of car owners or second generation now at best. That's Australian. You're still stuck on Bathurst. Oh, right, mate. Right. All right. Let me uh, (laughs) me go up a few laps. Try it again. China's a first generation. Damn it. That's another Australian. (laughs) All right. I'll just read it. I gave you a chance, man. I I gave you a chance and you blew it. British. British. China's a first generation. Damn it, that's Australian again. (laughs) You're done. You're cut off. China's first generation of car owners are second generation now, and they have been quite brand obsessed. But not knowing what brand was what, so a lot of manufacturers have reacted to this by doing very strong faces on their cars just to get known. I feel some of our competitors have gone really overboard in trying to overemphasize the brand, the face of the car, and in a fairly crude manner in a lot of cases. Yeah. During a presentation at the 2020 F-Type's launch, Thompson described how some rival marks are, quote, doing faces only a mother could love and confirm <laughs> that Jaguar will not torture the metal in awesome. this way. Premium brands like ourselves do need to have design languages that are much more cohesive and recognizable. But at Jaguar, we're not going to be funky. We're not going to do these big faces. We've really got to make sure Jaguar has some real integrity and civility about it. British civility. I like right? it. I, That's interesting, though. I had never heard why or the, you know, kind of the rationale behind why they needed to make these so outlandish. Right? Most of these people haven't seen cars. They don't know the brand. They haven't right. been exposed to marketing every single day of their entire life like we have. So it's they just don't, basically to make them more recognizable. Yeah, they don't look at a BMW and go, oh, they think that's the ultimate driving machine. Boy, are they wrong. They don't, they don't do that. They just say, they see the roundel and that's not enough for them apparently right so another thing jaguar is doing that is not good because we we would assume I like, like this. this is good right? yeah 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 Yeah. well you know how i make fun of mercedes for being grandpa cars oh boy turns out jaguars are the real grandpa cars they are truly well here's why a lot of their customers were complaining that their superchargers were too loud oh <laughs> so they're redesigning their supercharger and jaguars to make them more quiet and civilized I can understand. That sounds very, very uh, sport coat to me. James, why is this no, no, no. whining? Jeeves. 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 All right. So the Tesla Model Y is officially going into production six months early. So this is the Model 3 based SUV or yeah, truck. Yeah, it's the crossover right? looking thing. No, it's the crossover looking Model 3 type thing. It was thing. supposed to be a truck, I thought. No. New. It just looks like a fat Model 3. Cool. Yeah, that's great. just what I want. Yeah, it's super, super great. In its 2019 Ford Earner, 
fourth quarter earnings report, Tesla said it has begun producing the Model Y this month. So they're already producing the car. They've started to see it around. It's really? being seen around the, uh, the, uh, the San Francisco and Los Angeles. Stuff like oh, that. yeah. It's just it's um, a Model X Mini. Right. So once the upgrades are installed by their factories, by around the middle of the year, the annual production is supposed to be um, 400 or 500,000. Wow. With its plant in Shanghai now in operation, the company can produce up to 150,000 Model 3 sedans for the Chinese market. The automaker plans to begin making Model Y in China China in 2021, while limited volumes of the semi-freight truck will be assembled this year. Now, that I found really, really interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure if I believe them or not, because they <laughs> constantly say this type of stuff. So what also, about their supercar, the one that's supposed to do the, 0 to 60 in 1.5 seconds? The little roadster thing or whatever? Yeah. yeah. What about the, uh, the, the solar panels and the full self-driving capability? I mean, it's all this stuff is just pipe dreams. Um, so they also plan to open a factory near Berlin in 2021, which should make another 500,000 cars. And also this year, according to their accountants, they were, they've turned a profit for the first time. So wow, it's, uh, it's looking quite, uh, I don't know, good for Tesla, I guess, which I'm not upset about that. I just don't like being wrong. Do you know where a lot of their profit comes from? Yeah, carbon credits. Exactly. So <laughs> it's, I mean, you can take that for whatever it's worth, but Obviously, they're taking advantage of that. That's a business decision that they're making. Yeah. So, you know, good for them. Good for an American company. I like that. True. And uh, I'm, I guess I was. I thought they were going to end up being a supplier of parts. That's right. We thought they were going years. downhill. Uh, but they're not, clearly. So uh, we were wrong. I was wrong. I, I like guess that. you might be wrong. Yeah, I don't have that on the soundboard right now, <laughs> but that's it's okay. So do you want to take this next one? Yeah, so there's a rumor going around that the RX-9... What? Yeah, the RX-9 has been something that they've been, quote-unquote, doing. There's going to be an RX-9 coming, but we didn't know anything about it. Okay, so supposedly this was a rumor. The source claims that it's got it directly from a well-placed individual at Mazda. So this this is from Jalopnik. So someone at, uh, at Mazda told the author of this article that, hey, um, we've, we've, uh, we're going to reveal that the RX-9 is coming. And here's the rumor. Mazda is, in fact, developing the RX-9. And it should have a turbocharger and make between 350 and 450 horsepower. Here's the big news, though. Uh -huh. It's not a Winkle. That's dumb. It is going to be rumored an inline six version of the Mazda Skyactive engine. Okay. Do you care? Does no. it matter? Why? The only thing I care about is why are they calling it an RX something? It should be then? an MX9. Right? Because MX, everything that's piston-driven is MX, oh, right? Oh, you're right. So the MX-5. MX-6. So it should be a... Yeah. MX9. But it wouldn't be 9. It would be whatever the next MX thing is, right? So it would be MX7 or something. Yeah. So I don't... I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I hate this. It's not a rotary. Well, how could they do this? And I just decided to myself, I don't care as long as it is a good car. If it is a good car, I don't care. And I felt the same way when the Supra and the and the Z Coupe were being made right. together. I said, I don't care as long as it is a good car. And it turns out it isn't. A good right. car. So that makes me care. It's not a good car. It was a stupid collaboration. Yeah. So if this thing turns out stupid, mm -hmm. it will be a dumb decision. They should have just done a wankle. But if they're able to do it successfully and execute, I think it'll be okay. And we know that uh, Mazda has been wanting to make another sports car for quite some right. time. Right. Which made me think, what if this is actually just a really good misinformation campaign? <laughs> What's the, yeah. what, are, what are we accomplishing by that? By doing by that? By throwing everyone off when they release it. This afternoon on the Super Bowl, the next Wankel-powered RX-9. 
Well, I hope you're right. I would rather see it be a That'd wave be really engine, cool. but honestly, with the they're they're not ec- they're not economical enough. No, at all. Especially not with a the turbo, they're just not. They're not yep. going to be able to do it. So they want to keep the RX name right because that's legendary for Mazda, but they just the Wankel just isn't good enough. It's just not. It's not good enough. All right, so we have a little bit of listener feedback from you guys. Okay, um, why don't you check the Instagram? Make sure nothing else came I will up while we're check the gram. So, Cavalo Auto Salon says. What are your thoughts on warming up the car before driving? Ever since my dad did it to his cars when I was very young, I've always stuck to letting it warm up before driving. My wife starts the car and drives off. Whether I'm in my XB or 4C, I let them come up to temp before taking off and then still shift at low RPM for the first few miles. Some say it's not necessary and others say it is. So we discussed this at length last year, I believe, in an earlier episode. Yeah, do you I recall think we that? Did. I do, but I don't remember what because the verdict was. Because there was this big thing that everyone was saying, don't let your car warm up. It's not necessary. It's just making um, the you know basically unneeded emissions because you're just idling there. And idling isn't good for an engine because you're not getting it up to temp correctly. So there is the theory that basically you need to run it at temperature, like to get it up to temperature quicker. So when it's cold, it's not good because... Because you're running it cold longer. Right. So Whereas here's, here's if the you thing. just drove it, it wouldn't be. Drive... I, here's what I do. I usually... I warm up the car if I don't want to be freezing cold when I get in it. Right. That's all that I care about. In terms right. of taking care of the engine, I will... If it's cold, I when I get in the car, I drive very carefully until, it, until I start to see the needle come up. And then I drive a little less carefully. And then once it's up to temp, then I'll do whatever I want. Yeah. That's kind of how I operate. I don't think... Um, I'd rather not let the thing, especially with a diesel, when you've got those take forever to warm up, yeah. letting those run with that thick oil, uh, is just, I don't think it's that, that good of an idea, especially my neighbor with his giant diesel truck that reverberates my entire house. All right. Shoe 32 says as someone who's internet car for used internet car forums religiously to keep the fleet maintained and swap ideas with peers. I'm nervous for the future. They seem to be declining in use as younger generations turn to Facebook groups and YouTube channels, which don't seem to be nearly as good for research. What say you, Chris and Jake? Okay, forums died, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Right. Um, if he's just noticing this now, I want to know what forum he was using. Cause <laughs> no, I agree. I liked forums much, much more. You could search. You could keep track of projects. You yep. could, with social media, all threads. that stuff kind of disappears. Like, just for example, my... Um, all the stuff I'm doing on my Instagram story yeah. is gone, right? It's all gone. Yeah. I mean, I can make an archive of it, but you can't really search what I was doing. You know, it's not easy. But if I was doing a, a project thread, I could take pictures. I could say, here's what I did. Here's I can answer questions. You could interact with people. And it's a good archive, but it doesn't matter because that way of doing things is gone. I'd, yeah. I'd love to see a resurgence in the forums, but you're not going to because you can't so get... I think what people liked about social media is less anonymity as on a forum where you could just come on as Joe Blow one, two, three, create a user account and be like, you guys are all idiots and troll everyone, which you, I guess, still can do on Facebook. Yeah, not if you had good moderators. They would kind of take care of that kind of stuff. Yeah. What, what happened was you have, um, you can see the results of your work uh, reflected back at you in terms of likes oh. and adulation. You think and that's what it is? sycophantism. Yes, that's 100% what it is because you can post something and you can get instant feedback from uh, you know, a thousand people sure. right now, right, right away. But with forums, it was it was less. I mean, you could get, you know, when I would post back on the VW Vortex forums back in the day, you'd always check to see how many replies you got, right? Yeah. How many replies did this thread oh, yeah. get? Was it I good? Remember. You know, and, and it's, it's just that taken to the nth level. So you're not going to see forums re- have a resurgence. I actually went on the Euroworks forum on the day and just made a post that says, I miss this. 
<laughs> Did you? Yeah, I do. I truly do miss it. I, I miss the community that we had. And it's a good way to get to know everybody. And, you know, you have Facebook groups and stuff, but it's just not it's just not the same. Yeah. So we do have a new uh, question here that I had to look up because I hadn't heard about this yet. So this is from Six Degrees of Dan. Helmets for driving in New York. And I was like, what? He wants us to comment on this. So I looked this up. Uh, Governor Cuomo, 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 thank you. When one reporter asked him if he would mandate car helmets for motorists, a measure that would likely dampen demand for motoring. Get out of my boat! He did not laugh the suggestion off. Instead, he called for data on whether the measure could save lives. Surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, a politician that probably doesn't even drive a car is a moron. Right. It's, I, yeah, I don't. It's a re- obviously it's, ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous. But can you imagine it made all these helmets? Okay, I can imagine it made my all wife. These headlines. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine all these women that spend forty minutes doing their hair, oh, yeah. putting on a helmet before they go and drive. <laughs> this guy's really going to look at, into this. He's the supposedly he's looking into. He's it. the dumbest of the Cuomo brothers. God, this guy is such an idiot, absolute moron. Just come on, New York. What are you doing? Just, I don't know. Idiots. All know. right. So uh, Niles.Smile says, what are some of your guilty pleasure cars? Ones you secretly like, but don't want anyone to know. I don't have any secret ones. <laughs> yeah. You, the <laughs> Nissan Murano Cross Cabriolet. Is, I just is, love is, how is, unique that thing is. Yeah. And we're seeing a resurgence of that design style. No, we're not. Yes, we are. What do you mean a resurgence? It was like two years ago when that thing existed. You can't have a resurgence within two years. No, resurg- that was at least a decade ago, Chris. The Nissan Absolutely Cross Gravelay? Absolutely yes. not. When was that? I made? bet it was 09 was the last time they made it. I see ones right here. Here's a 2014. Maybe 2014 was it. So only five <laughs> or six years ago. You don't have a resurgence after five or six years. You need a little bit more time. No, to, well, to have how do you resurgence. explain these new cars then that are going to follow that same format? Of what, like what? what the what Land Rover, about? or I'm sorry, Range Rover Evoke is now coming in a two-door convertible. And you're also doing the Volkswagen maybe it's whatever a, Maybe it's a thing. continued trend. I would not call it a resurgence. Like people all of a sudden realized how wrong they were that the Cross Cabriolet was a steaming pile for $50,000. <laughs> Those things were fifty. dollars Grand for a Nissan. <laughs> so terrible. Oh my god, dude! Are you finally admitting that it's all? Oh, joke? it is terrible. Okay, for sure. thank God. Uh, my guilty pleasure would probably be a car that I really, 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 really want to drive, but hate to say it is the Miata. Yeah, I really want to. I was gonna mention that too. Not guilty at all. Uh, I can't think of um, maybe some old hot rod stuff that I don't really think about that much. But I, I kind of just. In my opinion, I don't really have any guilty pleasures. I don't right. feel like I can't like something. Right. Um. Maybe Mustangs? when no, they're fine. I maybe when I ran the Yearworks Car Club, I kind of felt pigeonholed into having to own a European car, right? And I felt, in, and that's still where my heart lies because that you know that's what I know most about. That's sure. where all my knowledge comes from. But honestly, if it's cool and someone else is passionate about it, I'm into it. Whatever, sure. unless it's the lady driving around with all the seashells glued to her car, I can't, I can't get into <laughs> that. Right. I can't, I can't get into that. <laughs> All right, what have we got going on next Friday? So I or bu- this Friday, I guess. Yeah, this Friday, I believe I have a history story for you guys. All right. So that'll be interesting. That's awesome. On, I think on Friday as well, I'm interviewing Dave Engelman from Porsche. He's going to come on and talk about Formula E, and we're going to learn about that'll it. Be I don't very know anything about it. You know, yeah. I'm very judgy on it. You yeah, know, you're but skeptical I'm for sure. very, very skeptical, but I want to know. I, I want to know because it's the future. Whether you like it or not, it's the future. It's what's yeah. it's what it's going to be. It's going to be electric cars. Um, so let's find out what it's like. Let's find out what's going on. See and make an actual decision based on what's going on, rather than just being like, ah, they're quiet. 
I'd be curious if there's actually going to be trickle down technology from that as well. 100% because manufacturers wouldn't do any of it if it wasn't. Yeah, true. All right, guys, we will see you on Friday. Thanks for uh, being with us. Take care. Bye-bye.